Big Mike here with Hayes Entertainment. Today's episode, we got Hockey Hall of Fame member Tammy Granado Ferrero. You like what we're doing? You hit the subscribe button. Let's go. If you're looking for a mug, perhaps a hoodie, head on over to IonlyTouchGreatness.com. I'm Cammy Granado. I am a U.S. national team women's player who won medals in the 1998 Olympics gold and 2002 silver. I am currently a pro scout with the Seattle Kraken, who will have a team on the ice next year. And I am on Only Touch Greatness. Michelle Cammy Granado is a two-time Olympian and Olympic champion. She was the captain of the first women's Olympic ice hockey team and scored the first ever Olympic goal for the United States, leading Team USA to a gold medal at the 1998 Winter Olympics in Nagano. She came back to win a silver medal with her team at the 2002 Olympic Games in Salt Lake City and was voted by her peers to carry the U.S. flag for closing ceremonies. Cami Granado is Team USA's all-time leading point scorer and played in every world championship from the inaugural event in 1990 to 2005. In 1996, Granado was named USA Hockey Women's Player of the Year. In 2008, she became the first woman to be inducted into the United States Hockey Hall of Fame. Granado has since been a successful hockey broadcast commentator for radio and television are taking and started over the, the Golden Dream for Children Foundation. Get down or lay down. How are you guys doing? Good, thank you. Thank you very much uh, for taking the time for us. No worries. My name's Big Mike. That's Ryan. I'm Ryan. Yes. I'm a Seahawks fan, of course, and you're obviously going <laughs> to Seattle. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll get started here. We're just going to ask you a bunch of questions about hockey and stuff. Um, sure. Born in Illinois, what was childhood like? Um, it was pretty awesome, actually. I had like, I, I couldn't have asked for, honestly, a better childhood. I mean, being the fifth out of six born, the fifth child, um, and everybody had more opinions than I did. I mean, if I had an opinion, it really wasn't, didn't hold a lot of water. So I followed <laughs> for a while. Um, but thank goodness I had good role models because what I followed was, um, my brothers and sister that were ahead of me had really, they're just really grounded people. Um, never let me get cocky, never let me win. Uh, you know, uh, pushed me to be a better athlete told me all the rules about not, you know, riding your bike on the street and like protected me as much as they could. Um, but would beat on me for sure. But if anyone <laughs> touched me, they would, they would, uh, you know, they would come in to the rescue. Uh, they didn't, they were very protective, but also they didn't take it easy on me. So I think I had the best of, of everything. My parents were super loving, typical, typical way to grow up. That's it's a little bit different now, but we'd go out, we'd come home from school, we'd change into our, our play clothes and we would go play out until my dad whistled for us to come in for dinner at five 30. And then that was like, it was an awesome childhood. I, I had, uh, I have, I don't know. It couldn't have been better, really. Okay. You were go, 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 obviously. <laughs> yeah, I played everything. I played every sport and I played with all the boys all the time. But I think becoming, I think one of the things that I'm really proud of that my parents did was 
they, my mom put me in figure skates to start because I told her I wanted to play hockey and she just assumed me being on the ice was what you know girls play hockey or don't play hockey so I'll put you in figure skating like your sister and um and I didn't want to do it I would leave the figure skating arena and and uh and go watch the hockey when I was at my lessons at the other rink and finally they said okay if you promise to stay with this we'll sign you up for for spring hockey and it was they went against the grain you know really against the grain then because there were no girls playing and it was not considered something that people do with their little girls so my mom and dad were not only did they do that but they let me dress like my brother Robbie my brother Robbie was two years older than me or a year and a half and we were like twins we, we were like you know attached at the hip and I didn't want to dress in anything but like and they didn't have a lot of like sporty feminine clothes that at the time I wanted my hair cut like his. I wanted to wear the same t-shirts he wore and jeans and or shorts. And so she, I'm, I'm really like happy that they let me be me. <laughs> yeah. Definitely was, worked out. Yeah. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Oh yeah. The holiday is my favorite. Elf is a family favorite. Okay. okay. That's the new family favorite. Chris, growing up, it was Christmas vacation with Chevy Chase. Like, oh yeah. That's, that's a great one. So Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, Elf I, is the new version. Like yeah. the new kid, the one of the younger kids, like right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How come you uh, wore number twenty-one? I wore twenty-one. Uh, my brother Tony wore it uh, because of Stan Makita on the Blackhawks. Yep. And we all, we had we grew up in the Chicago area, and we had season tickets to the Blackhawks. So um, he was the first of, of of all of us, and so he would watch Stan and looked up to him and. And then um, Mike Ruzioni was 21. And met, so when my brother wore it and Mike Ruzioni wore it, I was like, I want to wear number 21. And so that became my go-to number. Okay, okay. Even from when I was young, I wore it, yeah. If, Mike, I got one. If you could sit right down. On. Who did you try and bring um, your game after play like growing up? What's that? Sorry, we have both asked a question at the same time. <laughs> These damn COVID rules got us separated here. No worries. <laughs> so, oh, Mike. What was the question? Which one? I just said, uh, who did you try and mirror your game after a play like? Um, I think, honestly, my, my role models were the Blackhawks. And I loved Dennis Savard. Loved him. Okay. I don't think I consciously tried to play like him, but I certainly loved watching him live. And at the time, there were no, there was no internet. There was no way to see any, anyone from anywhere else in the league unless – unless uh, they came into like this Chicago stadium. Right. So I only knew the Blackhawks and I knew the Olympic team. So, but I did know my brother, Don, who's now a coach and it makes sense. He was sort of the coach as a kid. He was like splicing Wayne Gretzky tapes on the VHS <laughs> and showing us like Wayne Gretzky's goals. And I actually remember how much it helped to watch the goals over and over. It's not like I tried to be him, but I, you could watch the way he moved and, and sort of like take that information and however, you know, but I, I definitely had, I think Dennis Savard growing up was my favorite player. I don't know if you guys remember him, but he did like the spinorama. Yeah, yeah the oh, spinorama. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely remember Dennis Savard for sure. Um, if you could sit down for dinner with anyone, who would it be? For um, Anybody. Well, Dead or one, alive. Just one. Dead or alive. And we try to tend to lean towards not family because everybody like wants their yeah, parents. Yeah. No, I, I think I think that my list is there's about five people, but my top would be Barack Obama for sure. Okay. Nice. Nice choice. Yeah, that's an awesome pick, one. Pick his brain. Yeah. 
he'd be pretty interesting to talk to for more than a dinner, right? Yeah. He's, yeah, oh, he's, yeah. Even Michelle too. Michelle is Michelle is in my top two or those two. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Did you have any pregame meal or rituals? Mm-hmm. Oatmeal in the morning always. I, my brother told me to, to have oatmeal in the morning, and I don't know. I just listen to it, and I, every time pregame meal on the game day, I'd have oatmeal with some fruit. <laughs> um, when uh, Bonnie Blair, I don't know. Bonnie Blair was a famous figure, or same, a famous um, speed skater from the U.S. who just piled up a bunch of medals, and she was the only Olympian. Well, we watched all the Olympics, but she was the one Olympian that I, like, was just a powerhouse that I – she's probably my she was my first female like idol because yep. it was a female hockey player to look up to um she came and spoke to us before the 98 olympics and uh she talked about peanut butter sandwiches how she used to eat them before her race so i started doing the uh peanut butter sandwiches too so Bonnie <laughs> <laughs> says like you did it she won so yeah that was it how big was the Naomi ramon moment when she played in the nhl for you oh it was amazing I'm amazing because I dreamed the same dream. Like I growing up literally thought I was going to be on the Blackhawks. The same thing as like my brothers and I dreamed to play on the Blackhawks. That's who we saw every Wednesday and Sunday live. And I didn't know any better. I mean, I played with the boys. I just assumed that I'm going to be a pro. I'm going to play for the, in the NHL for the Blackhawks. And I got one of probably 13, 14 years old when the boys were growing and I wasn't, I was like, this sucks. How can this be fair that women can't go further? And then when she did it, I was like, yes, like it's possible. And it was amazing. It was inspirational and it was courageous um, and, and good for the sport. And I know her story is going to be told even more now through, I think a movie. Right. And so yep. amazing. And she, I've gotten, I've gotten to know her over the years and she's a great person as well. So um, yeah, it was, it was a really special thing that she got to do that oh i didn't i didn't know they were doing a movie about her but that's I something i don't know am i am i speaking out of turn no no you're right you're right yeah oh, okay well we've been trying to get a hold of her for an interview for for a while go, go ahead mike yeah you represented your country tons of times uh what's the feeling of putting that jersey on oh it's the best um i mean it's the pinnacle for us um and i watched my brother tony go to the 1988 olympics I mean, obviously I mentioned that the 1980 team had a major impact on my family. So we wanted to be them. And then my brother goes and does it, you know, eight years later in Calgary. And I remember being at the opening ceremonies, like begging my mom, like, how can I get into the Olympics? How can I do this? How can I be part of the, you know, team USA? And then I go to college and a couple of years later, um, we get into the first uh, women's world championships. I had no, we had no idea, like, I didn't even know there was women hockey that, that, that even existed until I was probably 16 or 17 that I didn't realize that there was hockey out East, you know, for colleges. And so when I got to go to Providence college, my freshman year, we had tryouts for the first ever women's national team that was going to go to the world championship. And I happened to be in Providence that year, which had I missed a year, I wouldn't have been a part of that. Right. Cause I didn't even know about it. It was just, just known in that little area of the East. Cause again, no internet information doesn't really travel. Right. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, we're, so we're at tryouts and the next thing I know, I make the team and we're in Lake Placid with a group of girls that all get to meet each other for the first time. We go into Ottawa, Canada, play the first world championship. Seeing your jersey in the locker room was just like, oh my God. Like after I know what it meant to, for my brother to represent, I, was, I felt so proud and well, it was amazing just to pull it over your, your head. And then 10,000 people show up for the game 
against Canada in the gold medal game. And we were like, are we on Mars? Like nobody watched this <laughs> in Providence and nobody's cared about women's hockey, but now there's this entire crowd who's like really behind us. I thought it was amazing. Playing in Canada as a U.S. player was my favorite by far place to play because it was always okay. a crowd. Yeah. Oh, you killed my next question there. I was going to say, what, what, what's, the best, what's the best stadium you've ever played in or city yeah. you've been to? I would, well, I would say that game in Ottawa, for me, probably had the most impact because we went from zero people giving a crap about our sport to a stadium. And, and this is 1990, mind you. Like, look where we are now. But, like, just this energetic, like, 10,000 screaming fans – I didn't care that they were like booing us and singing not now when we were losing. I, it was just this, it, like we had arrived in a way. It was just, it was very surreal. And that, that had a huge impact on me that game. I think we've had, we had a lot of other good uh, venues. Like we played in Nova Scotia, Mississauga, um, in Toronto. Um, I think we got crushed that game. So it probably wasn't my favorite, but we, we put a lot of big stadiums in Canada. They were all, to me, they were all so fun. Yeah. Hey, take me back to uh, 1998 and the Nagano Olympics when you captained Team USA to the gold medal and take me back to the first goal, which is actually the first ever Olympic goal for a U.S. woman. Yeah. That goal was pretty cool. Um, honestly, I, I just whacked at it. It was, it was a loose puck, and that's pretty much where I scored all my goals. I was like – that was kind of where, I don't know, I was most comfortable. It's just – I knew there I was, you know, where I could put pucks in the net, but I, it just happened really fast. I saw a, a rebound and I, I think it was a rebound and I just kind of, you know, knocked it in. And um, I got back to the bench and I sat down and I'm like, I just scored a goal in the Olympics. Like, holy crap. <laughs> like that was a really cool feeling. Like I had, it's one thing to go. It's one thing then to realize that you actually have a chance for a medal. And then when you score, you never had thought, I never actually had thought about the scoring part. I, I when we were training, it was always about trying to win the medal. Um, and then actually getting a goal was like, wow, that is, that, that's a cool feeling I can get used to. What are the chances you still have that puck? I don't have that puck. No, okay. Wow. Badly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's the opening ceremonies like? Or closing? Well, Especially after you've won, are probably better than the opening. But the opening, you well, might be. I, I honestly, like, they're both. The Olympics are just there's something just so magical about them. And I think that you get it, you understand it when you're there. And maybe you guys, when like, I don't know, when it was in Vancouver, yep. um, you feel the magic, right? Like, it's just, there's something you can't explain until you're around that energy. And so for me, I had, we'd always watched Olympics growing up and then watching my brother go in. And then, like we said, the 1980 team had such a major impact on me. Um, getting to be one of those athletes is like, it's overwhelming. So we didn't, we couldn't sleep the night before. Um, all my, and my five roommates, we, there were six of us in each little clusters for, um, for our team. And we put on all our gear. I remember cause we were nervous and we were like walking around the, our little apartment in, in the village in the Olympic village. And we were like pretending to wave and we just were trying to like get out all the nervousness. And then the next morning, cause of the time change, we were at 10 in the morning. You seem to line up for like hours, but <laughs> walking to the tunnel, like, so the, when you walk through that tunnel and you hear the roar, I, it would hit me like a, a ton of bricks. And I just, I had, I broke down a little bit, but I had to like hold it in as much as I can. And then I saw the torch when the torch went up the stairs or just like waterworks. Like it just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's remarkable. And, um, and you also know you, but you're officially an Olympic athlete that day and you are forever. So that was, it's rewarding in that sense. 
So that was pretty yeah. memorable. It's like it, those those memories don't fade. You know, like it feels like it was yesterday when I think about it. And exactly what you were saying about the whole magical experience of the Olympics. We both, we all probably, because you must have been there too in 2010 in some point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was working that. Yeah, you were commentating it. Yeah, yeah, and. That Olympics, that two-week run where it was the, what two two weeks of the best two weeks of my life probably. We were downtown, partying, drinking, and cheering on Canada. Yeah, I know. I remember my I had my three-year-old. I just had a baby. I had an eight eight-week-old, and then my three-year-old at the patio. We were down in Yelltown, and uh, our our the torch run came right through our behind our house, our our townhouse. And we looked out and I, and I said, there's the torch. And you can just see the, all the, the sea of people following it. And I had to explain to him, like, this isn't normal to have this, like, right <laughs> in your backyard. Like, it was just so cool. That is cool. That is so cool. cool. Yeah. What was it like commentating in 2010? <laughs> well, I was, like I said, eight weeks of, you know, just had a baby. I was still, like, had my, like, baby brain going. It was super fun. I had done it in Torino uh, four years earlier. Um, the coolest thing about it was my husband Ray and I worked literally like 20 feet apart. So the Rogers Arena at the time was Rogers, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, or, right? No, GM Place. Was it GM Place? Yeah, GM. I'm like, it was a different yeah. name. I'm, yeah. See, still have my baby brain. Um, <laughs> it was GM Place. So, we were, so I was up in the studio and we would cover the games that were being played at UBC in studio because I was doing them in between periods um, okay. on the panel. So we would be there. And there could be a game going on behind us, but we were doing our work there. So Ray, my husband, would be like four rows down doing the game. It was super cool. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun being home and being able to do it at home. And then um, I'm happy I got to do it even with the newborn. Like, I don't think I could have done that had I had it been in another city. 343 points in 205 games with the national team, all-time leading scorer still. What's it like to hold a record like that? Um you know what? It's going to be broken. Hillary Knight is going to break my record, um, which I think is fantastic. I mean, you can't hang on to it for too long. Right. Um, it's, it's something definitely like for me, I always felt that was my contribution to the team was scoring. Um, and it's what I felt most comfortable doing and most natural doing being offensive. So I'm proud of it. I'm definitely not stuck on the numbers or, the, the other stuff meant more to me than, than the points, but it's, don't get me wrong. Like I certainly loved, I was, I was a point getter, like in a game, like if I didn't score, I was pissed at myself. Like <laughs> if I, I, that's, that was my whole goal was like, I knew I was there to provide offense and that's what I'd love to do the most. So, um, so yeah, I'd like to score, but when, when you look at the numbers and everything in a team game, like it's more about like the, the wins and, and, and chasing the big dream, which was the medals. Right. Thing. Yep. What was it? What were the battles like with uh, Canadian legend Haley Wickenheiser? They were they were big. <laughs> Haley and I, for the first time, just got on a Zoom together for her Wickfest just a couple weeks ago, and we had a, we had a blast because we're now like so far removed past like the bitter rivalry, and we're grown mature women, which we were you know young and probably pretty immature, <laughs> uh, and we got to just re kind of relive like some of the some of the bitter rivalry part and what one of the ones is i i had never ever had stitches we we were full cage or full i took you know whatever um and uh she I, she gave me her first stitches that i ever had 
popped me in the <laughs> face and then proceeded to throw me down to the ice. And I, so I had stitches in my face. So it was bitter. And we definitely both were very similar players in this, in the sense of providing offense. She was, yes. um, she was a lot, I would say maybe more physical, um, but she was a gamer and we battled, you know, we battled and we did not like each other on the ice. And um, yeah, it was, I think we were, both, we were really good. Our teams were really good for the sport. We, we, we really pushed each other, but um, I was know, just going to say, a lot of guys watch had it. my numbers, like a lot of the players on the, the defensemen, some of the big defensemen had my number and they tried to make my life miserable. And uh, yeah, wasn't that fun, but that's you, what it was. Both, both of you two are, I would say like the goat, the of, best ever. Yeah. yeah. Of, of, of your, of your countries. And oh, thank you. There's, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot more amazing players as well, but I know her and I for the many, many years really did go head to head. And um, it was, you, you guys really did put hockey on the map too for women's hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I think it's uh, yeah. We, we, it's slow, but it's fast. You know, like there is some progress coming, but a lot of the stuff that these girls are fighting for now are similar to what we were fighting for back then. And I do think, the cool thing now that we can be is we can be women fighting for the sport of hockey before we were sort of like, it was Canada, U S and you were defined by your, by your country. Even in me living in Canada, I've lived in Canada for over 15 years. And, um, for a while I was just this U S player trying to be in Canada, but now I'm a hockey player and I've got camps here and I've run tournaments here. And it's more about growing the game than it is your definition of your, your country, because it, the rivalry was the countries felt the rivalry, right? And they didn't like me here. Yeah. <laughs> they really liked me in Canada. But now everyone's sort of understanding it's women's hockey, right? And you're that led to my that led to oh. my next one. Uh, you obviously being the scout of the Seattle Kraken. And uh, what do you think of Kendall uh, Coin Schofield being the first female coach in the NHL? Well, she's doing yeah, player development. Yeah, yeah. she's she's um, she's a rock star. She's uh, yeah, she's going to do great. I, I'm super, super happy for her. I'm actually proud of her. I look at her as like a little sister to my family. She, cause she's a Chicago kid as well and grew up at my, going to my camps, grew up working my camps. Still my family works some of her camps back in Illinois. Her and I will team up again at some point, but uh, we talk, we talk a little bit through texts and we keep in touch about stuff. And, um, She's just, uh, I'm just so proud of who she represents and how she's, how, how not only is she kicking ass on the, on the ice and, and now being with the Blackhawks doing what she's doing, um, but she's trying, she got her hand in broadcasting and she's trying so hard to say yes to everything. So she grows the game. And I think, you know, I know that as a captain, like when you're pulled in a million different directions from the press, um, she has to do that constantly. Like I did it, you know, post Nagano or pre Nagano and maybe pre Salt Lake, like, but she has to do it all the time now with social media. And there's so many more people that want a piece of her, but she does it with a smile. She does it because she wants to grow the game. And I think a credit to her for working just as hard on, off the ice on that stuff as she does with her game. It's a hard to balance and she's doing a really good job. Great on that cue. Um, what do you think makes a good captain? Um, you just, I think it's a we. A, a, a captain that's a, it, about we and not I a captain that has your best interests at hand instead of like their own, you know, you know, I guess if they had their own um, thoughts about what they wanted to do in their own like 
I can't, um, the word has now eluded me. Sorry again. Mom. It's okay. Um, but, but I think, um, yeah, it's more about the, we it's putting your team first. It's understanding the roles that you might have to have outside off the ice. Um, but for me personally, as a captain, I think there's all different kinds, you know, everyone doesn't, you don't have to be the same leader to lead, but you do have to have that, um, that care for your team and not be an eye. And then you do have to, I, for me, I was more about, I wasn't really going to go in and like, give big speeches before the game and really rev the team up. There were other great leaders on my team that could do that. Um, I was more by example and I was definitely good at off ice people, like with people like any um, one-on-one with someone was struggling with confidence. Like I, I could see that I could read that I could try to help. And then when, if say there was like, you know, some tension with the team, it was trying to like bring those together and try to like find a solution. So it was, more of that kind of stuff, I would think. Dude. But it was hard, you guys. It was hard because I got a lot of I got a lot of attention, yeah. and I kept deflecting that um, and trying to say it was us. It was us because then you get dissension in the team with people being jealous. It's not an easy thing to balance, but I tried my best to do it. So, do you live in Trail? Because I know that's where Ray's from. No, no, no. Ray grew up in Trail. I live in Vancouver. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you'll be scouting the WHL and BC Hockey League then for Seattle out here? Well, I'm doing pro scouting. So I'm doing oh. the actual NHL teams and I'm, uh, I'm just doing, I'm doing it out of uh, Rogers. So I go last year I covered and I'm not traveling this year with COVID. So I'm still doing those games local. If we're just trying to figure out if we're in or not. And if not, we're doing virtual, but uh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Okay, well, what do you, can you what do you think this rivalry is going to be like being a Canucks season ticket holder here? And, I can't wait. Uh, and as and a Seahawks fan, so that two-hour drive is really easy, and I love both cities. So that's right. Well, no, they were talking about that. Uh, there's a proposal to have that speed train. Yeah. Take like ten years to build. I'm like, man, would that be great or what? Forty-five, 45 minutes? minutes. Yeah. Ooh. I wish that was built right now. Um, but no, it'll, I'm excited for that rivalry. It'll be a, it'll be a great rivalry and. Um, a lot of fun to see how it unfolds. Yeah, it's, I love the logo too. Like they did a great job on the logo. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, it's really awesome. It was worth the wait, and uh, yeah, it was sort of all the Christmas gifts for for the family this year was was the oh logo. I bet yeah the hoodies and the hats and yeah. How was Ray like in the quarantine? He's good. He's happy. He uh, he's been with us for nine months straight, where he's used to being on the road every week. <laughs> Probably yeah. <laughs> This is nice for him. He gets his own little space. No one interrupts. He's it's good for him now because he can prep for the tournament. It's a lot. There's a lot to learn with that tournament with the turnover with names. And, and he's very, uh, him and Gord Miller are really, they're dedicated to getting the names right. So some of these Russian Czech names, you've got to get the right influx. And so he's, uh, he's busy kind of studying up on that and then just getting to know the players. And then the players keep, a lot of them sometimes are changing now with the COVID stuff. And so he's good. He's excited for the tournament. I, I think the whole country is going to be, you know, watching because there's no other hockey. And I think it's going to be memorable. Um, it's thanks for the kids that they don't have fans and stuff. But I think from, I don't know, I, I can't wait for it to start. No, us either. I think that's the best hockey in the world, to be honest, the World Juniors. Like, it's it's amazing. Those kids give it their all. I agree. It's such a great tournament. Yeah, we've, we, been, yeah, we've, we've been every year, except when they went to UFA. Uh, we decided not to go, but we, we usually go over here as a family and that's our, that's our family trip. And last year we were in a, a Strava and Czech and I had no expectations, but it was the most fantastic trip. Great people, good food, amazing tournament. It was so much fun. And so we're, we're bummed we can't go, but 
I'm excited to watch. What's yeah, been yeah. your go-to uh, quarantine drink and go-to quarantine snack? Ooh. Uh, so my, I, I'm tea. I'm, I'm a big tea drinker. Wine we'll have once in a while. Ray's bigger into wine than I am. I'm, I'm good with wine if you take me to Italy. <laughs> but when I come <laughs> here, I get, I, get, uh, I get headaches from, from some of the wines here. So I'm, I'm a little bit lame with that. Uh, but we do a little bit of that. And then I've gotten into a little bit of uh, a little piece of chocolate every night with my tea has been my kind of go-to. Okay. I, I okay. wasn't a chocolate person before that. I was more savory or may, maybe more, yeah, like ready something. But the, the little chocolate has been good. A little piece. Okay. Do you have a favorite little dark chocolate? Sea salt, you know, a little sprinkle. Oh, yeah. Those almonds, are good. Those are good. Almonds are good. Do you have a favorite movie about sports? Sports movie? <laughs> well, growing up, growing up, it was the Carl Malden movie of Miracle. It was yeah. like, I don't even know if you guys know who Carl Malden is, but he was an actor, famous actor in the early eighties when that right after they rushed into this made for TV miracle movie. And literally we wore it out. Like we, we it was a VHS tape. We, we knew every <laughs> word and every line that was our favorite, but miracle was good. Um, there's a lot of them. You're, you're, uh, hey, that's what we're here to do. Give you the tough questions. Sometimes he gives yeah, you yeah, the yeah. one. I give you the hard ones. Feel the dreams <laughs> was another power one. Yeah. 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 What's, t- what's Tony up to these days? Uh, he's coaching at Wisconsin. Okay. Oh, they right have now. a stacked team. I didn't even know that. He has a, they have a stacked team there. Yeah. Went there. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're good. They're, they were young last year. They had higher expectations of them this year. This year they had low, they, they were, had low expectations actually more and they're actually exceeding that. So I think it's, it's good. Everything's good. I mean, it is a crazy year with COVID and, um, and then some players went to the world junior. So I missed some of the games and, yeah. So yeah. I got one. I got one, Mike. The uh, if you got okay, say there was a prize on the line, and you had to sing one song in karaoke. What song would it be? You know what it would be? It would be from the movie The Star Is Born. Um, or the you know, one with Bradley Cooper, right? Yeah. Uh, come on, the one they sung on the Oscars. What's it, what one called? Um, I. Can't even remember. I know what song you're talking about, but I, I belt that one out in the shower. I love that song. <laughs> and, and I'm learning the guitar, and honestly, I'm starting to strum the guitar. And I'm, 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 I'm seriously don't know even know a chord yet. Like I'm just starting to learn. But I was like, if I can get to play that song and sing it, I'll just feel really cool. I'll what's, hit you. I'll hit you with Ray the NHL. Oh, go ahead. What's Ray think about your singing? He's okay with it. <laughs> He's good with it. Yeah, I'm not terribly off key. I'm not a great singer by any means, but I'm not off key too much. But that song, uh, God, you know the name, but if I, yeah. It'll come to us after, obviously. Totally. Uh, I'll hit you with the NHL draft question then uh, that a lot of scouts ask. If you're an animal, what would you be? If I'm an animal? Yeah. Huh. That's a good one. Um, never been asked that. I love I loved monkeys as a kid, but I don't know that I would choose monkeys. I mean, they look like they have a lot of fun swinging through. Uh, but am I supposed yeah. to, am I supposed to equate it to the game of hockey? Yes. Huh. Oh, or like what my playing style was compared to what kind of animal I would be? Yeah. Yes. Um. We usually our, our top answers are usually like lion or gorilla because you know the king of the jungle, or we get shark, king of the water. Uh maybe a shark in front of the net. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't. I was gonna say gazelle, but I wasn't very. I wasn't like the most graceful. I was just more about the intangibles. So I would okay. give maybe. A sh- I was kind of a shark in front of that. I would go with that. 
Okay. Can you tell hey, Tammy, I just go ahead. Hey, I got two questions left, if we can. Yeah. Yep. Um, can you tell us a funny story that we might not know about Ray? Because we want to get him on here one day, and I want to bring it up to him. <laughs> uh, a funny story. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you're putting me on the spot. I, I, I think... No, Ray's, Ray's got a lot of interesting characteristics. I think maybe, you know, people, what people wouldn't know about Ray is that, and maybe he's brought it up on his podcast, but he's a, uh, he's a, like a complete meat freak. So during this COVID, like I haven't done a load of laundry, not a load. In, in, <laughs> I, I might've done honestly one load. He does the laundry, folds it like in the most perfect form, puts it on. Wow. Yeah. He's unloads the dishwasher every single day. He's a clean freak. So I am like, that's one thing that people wouldn't like know about him, but he, he does talk about it a lot. He's, he's a bit OCD when it comes to like, he can't walk by a mess. So <laughs> I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Sounds <laughs> like a pretty perfect, sounds like a pretty perfect husband. I mean, uh, doing all the laundry and the dishes. I mean, pretty what else more could you ask for? I make dinners. I make dinners and he, <laughs> he cleans up. We've had that rule since that we've been married. It's like, I'm, I cook, he cleans and okay. he, he actually loves the cleaning part. He does drive me nuts though because he throws things away. Like he won't tell me, but he'll like do a clean in the garage and he'll throw away. And I'll be like, "Hey, do you remember where that uh, bike helmet went?" And he's like, "Ah, uh, like he's <laughs> that, right? so he throws out perfectly good things." Um, but but I won't uh, I won't get too mad at him because he is he. Our house would be a lot more chaotic looking if he wasn't in it. <laughs> my my last question I got: Do you have any idea who the coach is going to be? No. Nope, can't give that out on here, eh? No. <laughs> if you imagine, I don't know personally. I actually don't know, but I would never be able to. You want, I want no. to keep the job. Yeah, right. Of course not. Of course that's not. What, yeah. That's why I saved that question for the end. Yeah. Hey, Cammy, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time today for us and coming on and chatting us about hockey and yourself. We've been big fans of you for a long time, and it meant a lot to us. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I'm happy I got to finally be on. It was hey, awesome. Uh, yes, you did. Way, if you guys promote, if you guys would. I'm starting a podcast uh, January 1st with a teammate of mine. So if okay. you want to promote it, I mean, I don't know the audience and so we'll try probably get a lot of women, but if you can promote it for me or whatever, that'd be great. Yeah, sure. Cammy, can you send me the, the name of it or like a link or something yeah. and then we'll add it to this video? Yeah, I'll send you the, so there, uh, my niece is doing the social media piece and she, she has it on Instagram already. It's called Girls okay. on the Bus. It's called Girls on the Bus. You could probably take, or I can send you the image if you want. Okay. Yeah, yeah we'll we do can, it. We we'll we'll add whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. And Thank you so much, and have a great day today. And Thank Merry you. Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Yes.